So here's the thing, entrepreneurs, leaders, salespeople, we all want to create consistent, repeatable, and scalable ways to grow our business and our income. And we want to do it better, faster, and more seamlessly. Why? So we can actually enjoy our lives, take vacations, and spend the quality time we want with the people that we love. How do we do all this without spending a fortune or running ourselves ragged? That's the big question, and this show is dedicated to the answer. Okay. So, how many of you have ever been in a place where you were not as confident as you needed to be? Do I need to restate the question? How many of you at times in your career have been in a place where you felt vulnerable, uncomfortable, not as sure of yourself, and the situation warranted you being powerful, but you were lacking some of that, say I. So what if I told you decades ago, Christoph, someone that you met, my dear friend, Bill Mitchell, who was my mentor who passed many years ago, I came home from a Zig Ziglar seminar. Anybody ever see Zig like speak live? Anybody see him live? Like Anaheim Convention Center, sliding in on what? Because you got to have goals for yourself. And I remember watching Zig when he would say things like, y'all need a checkup from the neck up. You got to get the right attitude. And I was like a year removed from a mohawk. And I remember sitting in this event, taking notes copiously because I was sent to it by my father who said, go and listen to these people like Brian Tracy and Zig Ziglar and all these guys. And I remember Zig was the headline. And when he finished, I remember looking at my notes and literally saying, he told me 500 times I needed to have a better attitude. And I remember writing distinctly below that, what is this shit? <laughs> now you have to remember, some of you know me, like I was kicked out of both parents' houses. I went to five high schools. My family didn't move. I got moved. I would say that my attitude was a pretty horrible thing. But then one day sitting with Bill Mitchell, I know you met Bill and probably saw him speak with us. Bill sat down with me and he showed me something that completely changed the trajectory of my life forever. And I want to spend a little time there, and then we're going to finish the one of six that I didn't get to get through, and then we got parties and fun and all that kind of great stuff. But I would argue that what we're going to discuss right now is the difference between action and no action. It's the difference between, hey, that's a really good idea. I want to get all over that. And then the next day you do absolutely nothing. How many of you, be honest, who has ever had their back against the wall where it was either action or die, metaphorically? Who's been there before? Eric, right? I, I would almost argue like some of our conversations, you've been there many times, as have I. But I learned a long time ago that there were things that I could do that absolutely create a level of confidence, even in the face of diffidence, even in the face of uncertainty. So when it's time to me, for me to perform, I can go perform. And I would argue there is nothing more important for all of us inside this room than the ability to turn it on in an instant. Because we never know when we're gonna meet that next perfect client, that next perfect opportunity. How many of you are single, by the way? Raise your hands really high. Okay, single people, stand up. Stand up, look around the room. There's some hot prospects in this room. Right? Oh yeah. All right, so I know where you're gonna find yourselves at the cocktail party. So consider, consider this. 
Yes. Oh, Shaq. I love Shaq. Shaq lives in Dallas now, by the way. Oh, yeah. So, so check this out. <laughs> I know, it's so good. So check this out. If you read this, it says, we've all suffered from beliefs in the past that have become patterns. Beliefs that become patterns. Let me give you the most common belief that I've seen, Mary, become a pattern for people. I'm not good on video. How many of you know at least one person in their life that have said, I'm not good on video? Say I if you know at least one person. Okay, are they sitting in your seat? So you say something over and over again. You say it with emotion. You remind people that it's true. Your body speaks to it and you never shoot video. How do you even know that that's true? How do you even know? If I put a gun to your head and said, start shooting videos right now, I'm gonna blow your brains out. You might suddenly go, I don't really like this guy, but this sounds like a better alternative. The truth is if the circumstances change, you would change. The problem is for the vast majority of you, all of us in this room, myself included, have some beliefs that these beliefs have become patterns and these, these patterns, they're actually stopping us from joy, from love, from ecstasy, from growth, from passion, from taking risks, from doing the things we know we need to do, which is oftentimes the hard stuff long before the easy stuff. So I would make the central theme, the central argument, if you will, exactly what my mentor said to me, which was, what does too much diffidence cost you? And I remember having to Google that word. And then he flipped it and said, but the bigger question is, and I want you to answer this, where do you need more confidence? Where do you need more confidence? You know, David, they say that public speaking and death and dying are the two things that people fear the most. Public speaking and death and dying. And many people would rather die than get on stage. You with me on this? We, we are so afraid to die. We're so afraid to get in front of an audience. And yet I chose a career that is the one thing that everybody's afraid to do. And do you think that when I started, I was like, I got this. Hand me the microphone, here we go. Or do you think there was a chance that I was backstage with my older brother, Matthew, slightly paralyzed, because I started my speaking career, my first event was five days long. And I did 20 in the first year. And I would sit in the back of the room and literally, Glenda, I would shake nervously. I don't know if you guys have ever been there before, where you're just like, oh my God. And then I'm thinking to myself, like, it doesn't matter. I gotta get, get out there. And I remember the first time in my life, I did this, and many of you have seen it before, where I was like, okay, Right now, baby, I just got to get myself ready because no one gives a shit. I just got to get up and do my thing. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. And like that little pattern gets me on stage. Now, if you were at one of my first seminars, I am, I am so sorry. Because they didn't suck. They were worse than suck. Like it was so bad because I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't have the confidence. Well, flip that to today, you know, 4,000 speeches later. Here's my fundamental belief. And this may sound weird to you, but the moment you could accept it as partially true for you, everything will shift. No one cares. No one cares. No one cares. I say to myself all the time, no one cares. So Matt, you hire me to speak. I fly up. I say it that four seasons, but the person above me makes too much noise. There's something happening that's horrible. I got in late. I only got three hours of sleep. I didn't feel good, right? But the next morning, when I get on stage, does anyone care? And what if I did this? Morning, everybody. I want to thank you for coming to the five-day seminar I'm about to start. But first, I need to tell you that my wife is currently upset with me, and both of my children hate me. 
my dog bit me, and last night I got two hours of sleep. And I just wanted to make sure that we started the event with the express understanding that my misery will now be your misery. So let's get started for five days. No, what if I told you I spoke in Miami once, and I got landed at like 3 o'clock in the morning, which is always fun, right? Because, you know, the next day, my buddy Big Tony is going to take me to the gym at 545, land at 3, right, because of hurricanes, finally get shuffled to the hotel. I get to the hotel, and the gal's like, like completely asleep, and she's like, good news, you have the presidential suite. And I was like, that's awesome, like at a Holiday Inn. I'm like, I don't even know what that even means. But I don't really care because I got like, you know, I need to get a couple hours into sleep before I have to go do what I do. And literally, when I get to the very top of this hotel, remember the word hurricane? The window, right, had already been shattered. So there was just rain hitting my bed. So it's like 3.15 in the morning. What are you going to hey, can I get moved to a new room? I was like, screw it, man. And Nazar, I literally like laid down on the couch in the suite, which was like, you know, not even the size of this like runway. And I literally just laid there and thought to myself, how in the world am I going to do a one-day seminar tomorrow from basically, you know, eh, to eh, the end of the day? And it was the first time I said to myself, no one cares that you're tired. Nobody gives a shit. And I would literally say to myself, you know what they expect? Dance, Tom Ferry, dance. Come on, let's go. Be motivating, let's go. Now I would ask you to consider that moment changed everything for me. The moment my mentor said to me, it is your self-talk, the questions you ask yourself, it's the way you move your body. This is what, what he meant when he said, you got to have a good attitude. It actually broke down the science of it for me. So somewhere in your book, I would love for you to write down the following. Write this in your notes. And I promise you, when you take this on, how many of you have children that you're aware of, say I? If you have children... I believe the single greatest gift you can give to your child at any age, I've got a 24 to 20 year old, the greatest gift you can give them is to show them how to turn on confidence in a dime, in an absolute instance. And what we know is, since everything is a pattern that we run, everything we do is a pattern. Getting up in the morning is a pattern, having breakfast is a pattern, driving your car to the office is a pattern, not making phone calls is a pattern, making phone calls, it's all a pattern. But what we have to be conscious of is I need to start creating the patterns that give me the results that I want. So when he said to me, your self-talk, your physiology, and the way you move your body and your focus, all that is what he meant by your worldview, your attitude. So what if I told you that morning in Miami when my buddy picked me up and he's like, hey man, you ready to go to the gym? He's got this big Tony guy. There's little Tony and big Tony. Big Tony's like 6'4". Right now I think he's in like Columbus, Ohio. And he was like, hey man, hey man, are you ready? You ready? Like he'd already had like three Cuban coffees and he was just like on Coke, right? Like he was all lit. And I was like, dude, I got the best night's sleep. I'm totally ready to go. Now, am I lying to myself? Yes or yes? But is that a better lie than, you know, today's gonna be horrible and I'm really tired and I don't wanna go to the gym? And he was like, oh, that's good. He's like, man, I know the storm's like, we're delayed a bunch of flights. I'm like, yeah, man, not mine, dude. I'm totally rested. I'm ready to kick ass. Let's go to the gym. Let's do legs. Like, let's go, man. Ooh, right? And have this great leg workout. Go back. Yes, I had Cuban coffee, which I think you can just like needle that stuff, right? It's pretty intense. Like I was like, I'm going to need another one. It was around noon, just, just saying. But I had one of the best speaking days of my life on a couple hours of sleep in a miserable situation because I acknowledge that if I'm talking to myself the right way, I'm gonna will myself into doing the things I have to do, yes or no? Yes or no, people? Yes. 
And then I understand if I'm asking myself better questions like, hey, what am I committed to today? What could I do today to make this day the greatest day of my life? What could I do to have this moment be the moment that I reflect on 20 years later and say, that was the moment that I turned around and said to myself, never again. No one wants me in a bad mood. No one cares if I'm having a bad day. I got to show up at my best self every day, no matter what. And I got to do the hard shit first. You guys with me on this? Am I talking to you, yes or no? And then he said to me, hey, Tom, when you do that, you start creating action towards or away from your purpose, towards or away from your purpose, dependent upon your worldview. And all that, all it does is produce a result. Like shooting a video produces a result. Like making that phone call produces a result. Like being super polite to somebody for no apparent reason, giving somebody some money because they need it. All these things are just results that happen in life. And they can be positive or negative. It doesn't make a difference. It's just a result. It's just a pattern. But the bummer is the pattern, guess what, guys? It keeps spinning. And many of you, we put ourselves into these patterns that we are, Charles, so successful today because we've learned how to run these plays that have become ingrained in us. It's who we are now. And the more we do it, the more we do it, the more we do it, suddenly, Lisa, you go from 65 to 75 to 85 to 115 because you're running the right pattern. Do you guys get that? So here's my question. You ready? What's the most important message you want to install? Matter of fact, let's play a game. You ready? Grab your phone. Turn the video on. Turn the video on. You know how, okay, if somebody needs to show you how to do that, grab your phone, turn it on yourself. Turn it on yourself. This is going to be fun. Now, you know how to do that, right? You look at the green dot. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take 15 seconds, and I want you to tell yourself about yourself about who you are when you're absolute best state. I want you to tell yourself in a way, in a tone, in an energy that if you listen to this later, you'd be like, she's a badass. I love that girl. You go, girl. I'm going to play this every single day. This is my eye of the tiger, if you will, like from Rocky. But here's the thing. If you go like this, I'm a little nervous right now because the person next to me isn't saying anything. (laughs) Or I'm by myself right now and it's in Australia, and they just woke up, and they're like rubbing their eyes, and my kids are asleep, right? I want you to do it in a way that maybe looks like this. You, you, you got this. You are the kind of person that walks through walls. You are the kind of person that will do whatever it takes. You are fearless, you are powerful, you are unstoppable. Why? Because you've got faith, you've got power, and you're willing to do the shit that nobody else is willing to do. And that, my friend, That, my friend, is why you will always be dominant, not this decade, but the next decade and the next decade after, keep being a badass. Like that kind of video. You guys with me? You guys got the idea? Stand up. Stand up. Because you can't do this sitting. You can't do this sitting. And by the way, it's going to be loud. So when your neighbor next to you is going loud, be louder. And if if you're really competitive, you can go, look, I may be a badass, but that girl's got it going on. But anyway, so I'm going to give you 20 seconds, and I want it to be electric. Pretty girl in the pink, stand up. All right, you got 20 seconds. This is just for you, and you've got to make it compelling. Go. 
You got to send it to me. Once you've got it, raise your hands. All right, now do me a favor, high five somebody and grab your seat, feeling strong. Grab your seat, feeling strong. All right. So I need the video loud for this one. How many of you know this character? How many of you know this character? I bet he's a lot like all of us inside this room. Sometimes somebody told him that he couldn't. And if we listen to that pattern versus the right pattern, we'll listen to what Conor McGregor had to say. For many times I was laughed at and not believed in, but you know what? Nothing external can, can, can defeat the internal. The only yes. thing that can take someone down or break you down is internal. Nothing external is strong enough. It's just about making sure your internal dialogue and your internal belief in yourself is strong enough that it can withstand the external. Yes. The external is there. Yes. You've got to accept it. You've got to embrace it. You've got to understand it and be aware of it. But don't let it seep into, yeah. into your internal dialogue. Yeah. Think about it, my friends. Think about it. Now, you might say, this feels kind of rah-rah. This feels kind of motivational. Does this shit last two decades? Two decades of conditioning myself over and over and over. And what many of you, I know you got, and I appreciate many of you that text me. Thank you, Andrew. Being vulnerable and letting you know that I've also been in that same situation where things were hard. What do you think got me out of it, saying that things were hard? Or do you think it was the conversation, Teresa, over and over again, you got this, this is temporary, you're better than this, keep moving forward, what are you gonna do, quit? Who are you, you're not a quitter. And yet all of us have people around us at times. Who's got some people around us at times that in their most loving way, try and convince you to go from greatness back down to dis-ease? You know what I'm saying? Do you guys know this video? Do you know this person? Arguably, pound for pound, the greatest fighter ever. But what made Muhammad Ali so special was what was going on up here. Turn up the volume, listen to this. How are you all looking so damn scared? Like you're going to funeral. I'm the one fighting. George Fulton, George Fulton. You didn't believe in all the stuff you've been reading about how hard he hit George Fulton. Not down Joe Frazier. He destroyed the kid. You might be in, and the public is expecting you to hell with George Fulton. When you get out here, if you're afraid, just smile. Just act like you're happy. I'm not going to win the fight if I went out thinking like you. Damn George Fulton. You need a tactic, Kamali, to let the man punch himself out. 30 seconds left in round eight. Very even fight. Ali, a sneaky right hand. Another sneaky right hand. Now, I'm not asking you to punch your family. I want to be clear. But do you hear his dialogue? There's going to be doubters, yes or no, my friends. You don't think I have people that love me that said, hey, man, come on, maybe you can just slow things down a bit. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, I got to keep going for this. This is who I am. This is my life. I'm going to die. You're going to go to lunch and everybody's going to forget. So while I'm here, I'm going to be as special as I can be. I'm going to go as big as I can go to serve as many people as I can. So if I've got to get uncomfortable, so be it. 
Now, do you guys know this one? This is my favorite. Do me a favor, turn to your buddy and say, he wants us to do this before we prospect. Okay, say it again one more time. And if you don't understand what this is, this is a team called the All Blacks from New Zealand who have a little way that they warm up against their competition that's slightly different from everybody else. This is you in your sales meeting. So you ready? This is what I would do right after that. Let's get on the phones. Now you guys think I'm kidding, but I got a lot of friends in this room that can remember when I was slightly obsessed by a History Channel show called Vikings. And I would say there is nothing more sexy than a Viking queen who can come out and kick ass. And I loved it because I would see my wife when she was like, we got it. Like, I was like, ooh, Lagatha. Yeah, like, let's go, baby. (laughs) But there's something just sexy and powerful about it. And you don't have to go, ah. But you, you could just be in the background going like this. I got this. And if that's enough for you, how many of you have, how many of you have kids? Raise your hands. So my 24-year-old son, Michael, you inside the room someplace? Michael, can I tell the story about the other day when we were chatting on the phone? He's like, oh, shit. So, so my son is was in the moment looking for a job. So he's like, hey, can we sit down and can we talk about like what I should do and where do you recommend and da 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 da. And if you know my son, Michael, he's very analytical, he's very bright, very very old soul, right? But oftentimes the old soul, the very bright, the very analytical can talk themselves out of doing everything. How many of you know what I'm talking about? So he calls me and he's like, or I think I called him. Hey man, we went through the list of the people that you should call. We talked about what you, the questions you should ask. Have you made your calls yet? And he's like, oh, no, dad. Um, uh, you know, I keep looking at the list and like, uh, you know, some of these names, like, I'm not sure. You guys ever done this before? Who has done this before? Say I. So Michael, so you're not alone in this, right? Every hand just went up. Like, you know, oh, if I call that one, maybe I'll, maybe I'll call this one first because they might be easier, but I'll work my way up to that. And well, first I've got to go to the bathroom and I haven't eaten all day. So let me get some food. Does this sound like a pattern maybe some of us have run? So I'm driving home and I call him. I'm like, how'd the calls go? And he's like, well, I didn't make any calls. because I, you know, I'm like, Michael, okay, so where are you right now? Well, I'm, I'm at the place. Okay, well, I'm going to see you in like 30 minutes. So, you know, between now and 30 minutes, you could probably have some conversations. But tell me, what are you feeling right now? He's like, well, I'm just, okay. and I just hear him. I'm like, I'm like, okay, dude, you're Michael Ferry. You got a waist this big. You got shoulders like this. You got a chiseled jaw. You're a handsome motherfucker. Like, this. get your ass up. He's my son, so I can speak this way. I'm like, stand up. And he's like, 
okay. And I'm like, start walking around. He's like, okay. And I'm like, okay, so now let's talk about the way you want to make the phone call. Your shoulders need to be back. Your chest needs to be up. You need to realize that you're Michael Ferry. You got this. All these people love you. I gave you softball people only. And he's like, oh, so wait a minute. Like I should be standing. And I'm like, yes, because when you stand, you feel better. You're energized. Where should your shoulders be? Your shoulders should be back. Where should your chest be? Chest should be up. Should it be smiling or hurt? Like, oh, I should probably be smiling. And all of a sudden he's like, okay, I totally get this. I've seen you speak before. I know what you're doing to me. I got it. And I'm like, okay, call people. He goes, what? I'm like, yes. Dude, you're primed. You're ready. Call people. And I go, bye, click. I come home. He's like, I made some phone calls. I'm like, oh, funny how that works. Funny how that works. Put yourself in the right state. Ah. And here's the best part. Guess who he was calling? Some of the biggest CEOs in our industry. And they loved it. And they had all these great conversations with him. And they were referring to him. And, hey, and I got something for him. Maybe this. And he's like, this was far easier than I thought. The fear of it is what stops us. The fear is video. The fear is making the phone call. It's whatever it is. It's asking that person out. It's saying yes to whatever it is. It's that fear, my friends, that stops us. But the second you put your shoulders back and put a smile on your face, and you all know this, and yet many of you haven't conditioned it in a way, so you only show up big I don't know, when it's convenient. When is it convenient? I don't know if there's anything that's convenient that's big, that has possibility, that changes the family dynamic, that has everybody in my world showing up and saying, let's go. So check it out. The greatest cheat code on the planet for me is doing stuff that others won't. That is my greatest cheat code. When everybody else says videos are stupid and that's a bad idea, cool, I'm going all in. When I was a salesperson working for my dad and they were like, uh, you know, it's really hard to make phone calls and we're not sure. And I was like, that's awesome. And within like two years, I had three people in front of me dialing for me and just doing soft handoffs because if I could just present eight hours a day, I was going to get everybody to say yes. Like how fast can you turn it on if you choose to phys physiologically, right? That's really the first move. So do me a favor, turn to your buddy, look them right in the eye and say, nice body. I just wanted to see if you would. Thank you. That was totally awesome. That was a really good one, right? Well, some of you is good for your self-esteem, right? That's a good thing. So you ready? Shh. So here's the question. Where could this have immediate impact in my business? It's the sixth question that I got more than anything else in the last 12 months. And that is how do I get more listings? So why don't we finish on some very tactical and experimental strategies. So the things we know we should be doing automatically. And then I'm gonna to talk to you about some experiments of things that I want you to do. And I'm gonna give you a mindset because here's what I want. Turn to your neighbor and say plus 100. So whatever number of homes you're currently listing, I want what? Say it to me again. Hey, it's Tom Ferry. Question, what's your favorite social media platform? Are you big on Insta? Do you love to tweet? No matter where you answer, I'd love for you to connect with me there. All you gotta do is just type in at Tom Ferry and follow and let's you and I connect. I wanna be able to deliver the right content, the right ideas, the ways to help you grow your business, stay fired up, keep moving, be in action and run plays that work and the platform that matters most to you. So subscribe and I'll see you there soon. Okay, so your confirmation bias and your sunk cost thinking is getting you what you're getting. I want to strip away some of that and get you plus 100. Does that make sense? You guys down for that? 
All right, so you're gonna play the game with me. So let's start here. How well do you know your market? Let us say better than anybody else. Lisa. Lisa, stand up. Everybody say, yo, Lisa. Okay, I'm gonna do my best to explain this slide. So we had a coaching session a couple weeks ago. There has been, you can grab your seat, my dear. There has been a general confirmation bias that says people with low interest rates aren't listing their houses. Has anybody else heard that story? Say aye. Right? Well, who would list their house? Right? So Lisa, she says, I'm going to take all the mortgage data, specifically the mortgage data that shows when they last refied or got their purchase loan. And I'm going to get that data into ChatGPT. And then I'm going to put it against the listing sold data. And I'm going to look to see who is actually moving. And if you look on that, there's the state of Massachusetts. The, I recently got a loan in the last three years. Lisa, am I saying this right? I recently got a loan in the last three years. So if you got a loan in the last three years, yell out loud what you would expect the interest rate to be in 2020. Yell it out loud. Okay, I would say probably three and a half. Maybe they did it at the end of 2019 and we're, you know, like we could be off by a couple of months. But the odds are they got probably a three. If their credit was bad, maybe they had a four or maybe they had to do something and it went as high as 4.75. But it certainly isn't seven plus. And yet that was the largest number of listings sold in the state of Massachusetts. The confirmation bias that we have, the fricking story you keep telling yourself, no one with the three is ever gonna move. We see it on the news, don't we, my friends? Who would sell their house if you have a 2.85? My buddy, Steve Harney. By the way, the fact that we got Steve Harney to come out of retirement, are you guys ready for that? That's gonna be so nutso tomorrow. Steve tells this funny story, says, oh yeah, so you know, you and your spouse are getting a divorce and you look at each other and you're having hallway sex. Screw you in the hallway, right? And you're angry and you know that it's over and you're angry at each other and you turn to each other and say, but we can't sell our house. We got a 2.85 interest rate. I'll just sleep on the couch. You sleep over there. No, the seven Ds, people, it's just happening every day. But do you guys get, do you get the sunk cost thinking of the moment you say nobody ever, this group never, you've already shrunk your addressable market. So check this out. Ask yourself, in my market, how many homes, condos, and duplexes are there? Do you know that number? Do, do you know that number? You should be able to, do you know how many homes are in America? Am I at the National Plumbers Association? Do you know how many homes are in your city? Right now, some of you are saying yes, some of you are saying no. How about how much new construction? You know, four years or newer, because if it's four years or younger, it's basically new. And we know that's what most consumers want. How about how many annual transactions just in the last three years? How about what are the price trends inside your market? How about the fact that you should know your turnover by zip code, by zip code, and maybe even by territory, subdivision, et cetera. What are the major industries that are impacting the values of your properties? Where are people moving from when they come to your town? Where do they go when they leave your town? All data that's easily accessible to all of us. And then by the way, who are the top 5% of the listing agents inside your marketplace? How well do you know your market? How well do you really, really, really know your market? I think many of you, you know it enough, but I'm going back to that amateur expert conversation. We know the answer is you got to be the knowledge broker. We know that a deep knowledge of your field in your area sets you apart that when you speak, they're like, I'm talking to him. 
He knows what he's doing. Hey, you got to talk. I know a lot of people sell houses, but you got to talk to my gal. She is the all-knowing. She is Yoda in this business. So every year I publish, I take five big MLSs in the country. And for my Canadian friends, you know how hard it is to get data. But in talking with all my friends there, it's very similar. Different in Mexico. We know that, you know, the Knicks of the world are dominating on transactions. Big shout out to you, my friend. So every year I look and say, what are the top 1% on average doing? The top 1% right now is controlling 20, almost 21% of all the listings in the market. So let's take a look at this. What is that? 1,200 plus agents, the top 1%. By the way, if you're paying attention, Byron, last year, that number was 17%. So the top 1% moved up almost four basis points on the amount of listings that they are taking in the market. The top 3% right, including the one, are now at 31%. They were like 28%. They've also moved up. 3% more of the market is coming to the way of the very best. And then the top 5%, it was at 36. It's now at almost 38.5. And right now, the top 25% across the U.S. and Canada, hard for my friends in Europe that are watching, easier for my friends in Australia, they're controlling 70% of the market, almost 71% of the market. The rich are getting richer and richer and richer and richer. And what's scary for me is how many agents around the world that are in the bottom 75%. What are they doing? What are they not doing? Where's their confidence level? So let's jam, you ready? Tell your buddy the answer to that question. How many people are in your phone? How many people are in your phone? How many? Logan, where are you coming in from, man? Day trois. I appreciate that. How many in your phone? You have an iPhone? 2,600. All right, you ready? How long have you been in the business? Seven years. So what if I told you for my entire three-plus decades now going into 3.5, what if I told you the number forever has been 10%? Because the average person moved every 10 years. So pretty much you can count on 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12%, depending on what was happening in the economy, of your phone was moving. Most of us would argue today that number's not the same. It's 3 to 5%. But what's 5% of 2,600? It's a big number. And it's probably more listings than you're currently generating from the people that already know you, like you, and trust you. So I'm going to make the argument right now Write this in your notes. Whoever is closest to the client wins. Whoever is closest to the client wins. And if you don't get that, I'm nervous for you. Whoever is closest to the client wins. And by wins, I mean gets the business, gets the money. That's who wins. Whoever's closest to the client. So the second question, of course, is then how do I double my, how do I double my listing appointments? right? How do I get to that mystical plus 100? It's going to come down to what activities, what campaigns are ultimately going to get you this, but it starts here. Now, do me a favor just for fun. Can you just say, I'm a lean, mean appointment setting machine? Okay. Can you say it like you're not at church, like you don't give a shit what the people around you think? Go. Now, I remember coaching a client of mine. He may be watching John the first year that the Wall Street Journal published the top 100 agents in the country, and 15 of them were my personal clients. And the number one guy was my guy, John McMonigle, Newport Beach, California. And 
I, I want to say maybe a year and a half prior to that, we sat down at a restaurant and referred by a friend. He said, you should talk to this guy. He's pretty ambitious. And at that, you know, that time, this is, you know, this is probably right at 20 years ago. He was already pretty successful selling about, call it like $100 million a year. And if you're doing $100 million a year in sales and it's two decades ago, you're a pretty successful real estate agent. So I asked him one day, what do you love to do more than anything else? He's like, I love going on listing appointments. I love presenting. I love going to people's houses. Like that was his happy place. And I said, how often do you do that? He goes, a couple times a week, Newport Beach, Laguna, average sales price back then, you know, a million five, two million bucks, occasionally a big one. He said, but you know, like I got more in me. I'm like, what if I got you on three a day? What if I got you on three a day? And he was like, three a day? And his mind starts racing. He's like, I might be tired on Friday. And I was like, well, you know my buddy Chris Duma, who he knew, and Chris is a longtime friend who's a brain surgeon in Newport Beach who does 15 brain surgeries a week. And I reminded him that Chris was opening up people's brains and pulling out pieces and repairing stuff. And all he had to do was go, what a nice house. Walk me through it. <laughs> and he was like, okay, but I might, I might need to get a driver. And I was like, then get a driver. If that's what you hallucinate you need, he gets a driver. The next year, I get him to about two and a half listing appointments on average, like, you know, per day in a five-day work week. And his business completely exploded. And the only difference was he prioritized everything around one thing, get listing appointments. That was it, people. That was it. I mentioned my buddy Lisa, who's just recruiting, 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 recruiting. I didn't change his marketing. I didn't change any scripting. I just got him to go, this is what I want. And isn't it funny, the moment you say, I want a new Lexus. What do you see everywhere? Everywhere, right or wrong. You're even like, that's a Mercedes, but it looks like a Lexus. Because you want it, right? It's the reticular activating system that we all have as human beings. So we know when I say things like, roll your face off, right? We know that. But I want you to say that out loud like you mean it. Go. See, until it's painful, you have not prioritized. Until the people around you start saying, whoa, dude, slow down. You're doing too much. That's when you know you've got it. When you're the no doctor to every distraction around you. When I go to lunch, we're all going drinking. It's 9 a.m. Let's go, right? And you're like, nope, nope, sorry, man. I need two more listening appointments. That's my jam. That's prioritizing until it's painful. And when you do that, you become unstoppable. Check out. Everybody say, yo, Tommy Tool." So Tommy, I guess 27, today's the 28th day, on a very vulnerable coaching session said to me, you know, the thing I did better than anybody else in my marketplace is I listed houses and I built this monster team and I love it, but now I've got the management team installed and I got the recruiting installed and I got the training installed and I got operations installed. And he's like, and I'm in that middle ground like you talk about and I've got to do something. I got to do something to create more revenue. And I was like, uh, do you need permission to start listing houses? And if you know Tom Tully, he's like, yes, I need permission. I'm like, ha, 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 go get listings. And he was like, thank you. And right now, every 22 conversations, he books a listing appointment. And he went from, 
A couple little easy ones, and guess who he's calling first? 10 conversation today from his past clients in Sphere, right? All of his database, then he went into leads, then he started calling old expireds, and he's like, he's like, it's just refreshing. And he said, you know what the most brilliant thing is? I go out on the floor and I make the calls, and everybody on my team is now going, well, I guess it's time to make calls. Tom's making calls, we're all making calls. And the whole energy shift in the business has been elevated. Now, will he do it forever? Probably not. But it's a great way in a transitionary market to create a lot of opportunity. And like we said earlier, what do you do that you love? And what do you do that makes you money? He is right in his sweet spot. Now, what's the discipline you've been resisting? What's the discipline that your confirmation bias, your sunk cost thinking has held you back from? that stopped you from doing the thing that really, truly lights your fire, empowers the business, and solves so many problems for so many people around you. Tell your buddy, what's the discipline you've been resisting? Tell him, you know what the answer is. Tell him right now, what's the discipline you've been resisting? Tell your buddy. This requires lips moving over there. What's that discipline? Melvin, what is it, Courtney? Really? That's new. All right, so come back to me. Shh. Please say after me, 97 billion. 97 billion. There's 97 billion shekels sitting out there. Not shekels, they would be $97 billion sitting out there waiting to be had before new construction, no one in this room gets to complain for as long as you're alive. If you just simply do what you know you should do, and I'm gonna show you guys an example, you ready? Like, how many lead pillars do you have? How many ways do you have listings? Take a look at this list and just go through, but just acknowledge where you have confirmation biases, where you say, oh, oh, for sale by owners, oh right? Circle dialing. I didn't even talk to my own clients. Why would I talk to anyone else? Where do you, like, where do you have this hallucination that you are greater than, more than, better than, or better yet, no one in my market ever gets those? What other lies are you telling yourself? Think about it. Look up here. How old are you, man? 23. You're going to die one day. Yeah. Aren't you motivated? Yeah, it's super motivating, right? Here's the question. Will you ever live? Because most of us, you have not lived until you stood on the edge and had no idea what was going to happen next. All the joy, all the fun, and all the growth, guess what? It's from stumbling and falling and losing and learning and becoming mature and figuring out that you at 23 have nothing but streets of gold in front of you. And the question is, are you gonna play it safe? Do you think God in her infinite wisdom said when you were born, you are a child of mine, go be an amateur real estate agent? Or do you think there was a chance that when you came out and after you got slapped, there was a moment where you, and for the first time you were fully alive. And a lot of people <sighs> shrunk from there.
I'm just asking you, man. What's your name? Jake. How long in the business? Two months. Oh my goodness, Jake, stand up. Give him a giant round of applause. Jake, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got 10 grand, says you can't book 100 appointments between now and the end of the year. Are you in? He said, I'll receive. Well, get over here and shake my hand. 10 grand, 100 appointments between now and the end of the year. You're going to mature really quick, brother. You got it, man. I appreciate you. All right, you got him? All right, we got this. All right, so give me the slides. Let's jam. By the way, all the case studies coming your way. Can you say that out loud, please? If Jake gets close to 100 people, someone is going to say yes. Jake, are you married, single, kids, no kids? Single. Are you dating anybody? Cool. Check this out. The more people you ask, the more people say yes. Make sense? Like, he doesn't even know this song. You'll have to Google this. It's a record. You play the record, you light a candle, you get a little wine going. Bingo. All right. So check this out. Here's a 13-year veteran. I believe he's inside the room. Oh, yeah. Look at this. He's like, my momentum has changed, increased. Business is growing right in the right direction. I have begun working for sale banners and expired listings for the first time in my 13-year career. I'm not asking you to do it. His coach and him had a conversation about it. And I listed seven in the first 10 days of doing so. Seven. Are you inside the room? Where are you? I know you're here someplace. All right, maybe not. Let's keep jamming. These companies, right? Is he over here? Thank you very much. Proud of you, brother. Proud of you. These companies, by the way, can provide all the leads to you if you want to do these types of things. But have you seen this video yet? I got to play this video so you understand. You're going to have to, Jake, on your journey, you're going to have to find some stuff out. So this video is really for you. You're going to have to find out, like, at certain times of day, if you make phone calls, you'll get a better response. If you send certain text messages to people, if you do certain marketing campaigns, you'll get a better response. you got to find out, but there's only one way to find out. Got it? So this is scientific. Did you go to college? Okay, did you graduate with a decent GPA? Okay, you'll get this right away then. Everybody else is screwed. So you ready? Turn the volume up, please, guys. All right, today we're going to talk about how we can find out and how much we can find out and what it takes to get there. So first we have to decide how much do we want to find out. So let's say in this case, I want to find out at a level of seven. Okay, so I find that level on my graph and I come horizontally to my gradient line. Where it intersects with my gradient line, I'm going to come straight down to where it intersects with my fuck around line. That there is going to tell me, how much I have to fuck around to find out what I need to find out. See, as you can see, the more you fuck around, the more you're gonna find out. And also, if you stay down here and you never fuck around, you'll never find out. So I hope this lesson is helpful. Thank you. Best video I have ever seen. If you have a child going off to college, do not give them that video. So, 
You guys want some experiments? All my coaching clients in the room, you want, so if I was working with you one-on-one, -on -one, these are things we would be experimenting with. And by experimenting, we're going to spend money and time and energy to figure out what works and what doesn't as quickly as possible. And when we find something that works, we're going to go all in on it. Here's the first one. 70-year-old homeowners in two-story homes as a niche farm. I would argue, now listen very carefully, direct mail, handwritten notes, drop-off note cards, and a fridge magnet. A fridge magnet. A fridge magnet? Is it 1974? Why do I want a fridge magnet for the person I'm doing this for? My... Kirk Kessel, where are you? Probably in the back. Oh, Kirk. So Kirk and I are driving over this morning. Kirk and I have known each other for 30 years. And I'm expressing to him as I'm role-playing, like, hey, I'm going to talk about this strategy. And Kirk says to me, Tom, one of the biggest like, things that drives me nuts after 48 years in the business is when a couple that I've known for 30 years, they pass away. And then guess what? The son or daughter doesn't have any information on me, and they just go hire a random agent and if they knew the parents and I have had this relationship that I sold in the house, that we've been on dinners together, we've been friends forever. And he goes, and I'm losing these opportunities every day. He goes, I'm doing the magnet. And I laughed. And then I said to him, but you got to drop a professional CMA twice a year. And the CMA has to include stories about the neighborhood stories about the neighborhood so you connect with them emotionally and make it nice enough that it sits on the dining room table or it sits at the coffee table. So then, guess what? Then if tragedy happens, then at least the, the, the people know like who the listing agent is. Now, my next one, Jim Allen. List or buy underbuilt lots that are zoned for more than a single family residence. This is where it gets interesting. Now, my guy, Jim Allen, standing right over there. Jim, how many transactions last year? 1,390, 1,390. And how big is your sales team? 62. And we talked about this a couple of days ago, and I'm going to bring Jim up on stage on Thursday in this conversation I want to have where he's going to unpack this. But Jim is looking at his entire market. I asked you, how well do you know your market? Have you looked at your entire market and said, what are all the pieces of land that have got an SFR on it, but they're zoned for two, three, four, five, six, seven? Jim taught me a million moons ago, hey man, go buy the listing, tear it down, build with a builder, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven properties, you're solving the inventory crisis. You are single-handedly doing it. Now, it requires big thinking, so you're gonna hear about that from Jim. Expired listings because of who you are in the market. And guess what? In many markets around the world, they're back. They might be small, but my argument is your brand is so good, why would you not be helping those people? It's not about like trying to get them, it's trying to serve. They had a miserable experience. They got over-promised and under-delivered and you can solve that. Maureen Fallon, how good was Maureen this morning, by the way, and Tom X? I don't know about you, but if I can figure out a way to get in front of 12, 15, 20 potential homeowners and nurture those relationships, whoever's closest to the client wins the opportunity. This is my new favorite. Listing Airbnbs in oversaturated markets or where the governance has changed, the legislation has changed, and they can't do it anymore. And we're seeing that everywhere. And if you're not looking deep into your market, you're missing opportunities. And then number six, 
I want you to build your entire professional network of service providers, Amy, right? You and the team. Amy, can I share? And, and we did a podcast on this, so you're gonna be able to hear this. She has 100 different service providers where she's created all of these marketing opportunities for them, her lenders, her title partners, restaurant owners, every possible service provider that someone that was buying a house, lives in a house, and is selling a house, everything that they need all on one website. So when people say, hey, I need help, she's like, go to this site, I have everything there for you in this beautiful campaign. And here's the best part, the 100, give her $3,500 each in advertising dollars. Can anybody figure out how much $350,000 in advertising dollars is before you sell a house? Is that a great way to run a business? Yes or yes, my friends. So Amy has shown us the way, and when you listen to that podcast, we're gonna unpack it a ton. A niche marketing is killer, but I wanna show you the one that matters most to me. I wanna show you the one why I believe we need dramatically less agents and what you can do about it. Not to hurt them, but to serve at a higher level. I want you to take on a thousand homes, above and beyond your clients, a thousand homes. And I want you to start to think about it, Andy, like yours could just be all of Silicon Valley, right? But, but Andy, think about it. 62% of consumers selected based on proximity. Whoever's closest to the client wins the client. Who's ever closest to the client wins the client. Did you know that there's 330,000 financial planners that manage $96 trillion in assets? 330,000, not 1.6 million, not 10 million around the world. 330,000 guys and gals manage $96 trillion in people's portfolio. What if we changed our model and we managed our relationships like our CPA does, our financial planner does, our attorney does? What if we did that instead? What if instead of just a geographic farm, David, what if the geographic farm went from geographic farm to homes under management? and you become the service provider for all those people with a different approach. Yes, you'll do transactions, but it's less transactional. It's less transactional in your head and in your heart, and it's more about being their agent inside and out. So I can imagine a world with 139 million homes in the US and 17 million-ish in Canada that all we need is 156,000 professional real estate agents to manage all $50 trillion worth of homes right now in the US and Canada. Now, I don't know if that's of interest to you. I don't know if that feels too old school or new school for you. But I promise you, I promise you, we do not need this many agents. You know it and I know it. So I say we change the game. I say you start to imagine a world where you're building a practice, where you're managing your client's real estate assets, where literally you're managing a portfolio of properties a portfolio of homes where you are the educator, the true fiduciary that we talk about, the insider, the resource. But what I'm really telling you is you're no longer allowed to say past. You only have clients. Do you guys get that? And when does someone become your client? When they transact with you? How many of you like me go way above and beyond for someone long before they sign a contract? So nine of us, so this will really be good for the nine of you. I take people on from the second we begin to communicate, from the second we start to communicate, and it's not that I assume that everyone's going to work with me, it's just that's just the way I roll. So you're like, hey, I'm in Scottsdale, you're in Scottsdale. 
dude, come meet with us. Come hang out. Come be a part of this experience. Let me start having you be in my world. I would challenge you, my friends, as simple as this thought is, it is complex for us to do so. Doug, can you do all of Chattanooga? Probably unlikely. But if every agent in the team had the Zillow leads and the realtor leads and all that stuff, and all that's good and we like it, right? But if they also had their clients and their sphere under a homes under management platform, and that even better, not even a platform, just a program, a campaign, the way we do things around here, and then everybody had an extra thousand houses, now every new person comes in, you're like, I'm gonna show you how to have a long-standing sustainable business in real estate. These thousand, and maybe you go to 2,500, but remember, it's not just send them a direct mail piece. It's way more than that. It's about becoming their agent. 62% are listing with proximity. Do you guys know this company? Milestones, not a sponsor. There's three companies right now around the world that have figured this out, that have said, we're gonna build an application that puts everything in your home inside of a platform. And what you want is, Lee, you want your face and your brand on your clients. You don't want, not busting their chops, the lender, the title company, the escrow company, and guess who invested in this? A little company called FTNG, are you familiar with them? They do half of all the transactions, Fidelity National Title. The entire organization, they're like, we see this as a way to solve a fundamental problem in our industry to provide opportunities for homes under management, where now when Kathy calls me and says, hey, the you know, coffee maker stopped working, I'm like, okay. Now I'm gonna say, look inside the app, because inside there you're gonna see the app, the serial number of the coffee maker and the service provider just go inside there, boom, done. Now you might say that's no big deal, but inside theirs they also have an AVM, so let's go to Zillow anymore either. Hmm. So I got one, the realtor.com guys were like, yeah! <laughs> Maybe some of you will get this, but what I'm thinking about is, as we're doing all these transactions, as we're servicing all these clients, as we're growing our empires, what are we really growing? A bunch of past clients? I don't have any past clients, I have clients. I have friends. I have this relationship with this community. It's a different way of thinking, yes? So, here's my question for you after going through all of that. Go to one piece of paper in your book, just one. And I want you to write out what are the five most important things you're actually going to do. As we wrap up day one, what are the five most important from starting with, hey, I'm gonna throw parties and events, all the way through to Levi, that was a pretty amazing presentation with Levi, yes? Yeah, definitely got us thinking, right? Some of us have been candy asses. All the way through all the AI tools and everything in between, what are the five most important things? Like, you know what they are. Write them down. If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash podcast. Thanks again and talk to you soon.